for me it is a hobby Instagram I wanted it to be like a creative outlet and have some fun with the beer because it is fun <laughs> and the best thing for me is like when people that probably don't drink beer do message me and go I've had this beer and I tried it and then they take pictures and they send it me or they do little like pieces of content back and you know they tag me in beers they're drinking and for me that's why I'm doing it really. That was my mate, Kimberly Owen, better known as the epic beer influencer from Instagram, going by the name of Craft Beer Pinup. She'll be here later in this edition. Thanks for joining me. I'm Marvering Cole. And if you've not listened to enough of these pods to know, I'm a beer geek, an accredited beer sommelier. I write the column about beer for BBC Good Food magazine. And I'm a broadcast journalist. This is, by the way, the last in the present series of the Beer Beauty podcast. I know. I know. So what else is coming up in this one then? Um, I catch up with Tom from We Are Beer. It tells me all about how they're getting their series of craft beer festivals back on track. Fingers crossed, COVID does not get in the way of that. But they've released tickets for their summer lineup of festivals, music, food and beer uh, across various cities, including Birmingham, the finest city in the world. And what else can I pull out of the bag for you? Two more beer love notes. One from Dave and one from Alan and a cider love note, don't you know? You can hear them nestled in the middle of the podcast, so make sure you stay tuned. But first, it's time to kick off the pod with my friend, the lovely Susanna Forbes. With her husband, John, they run Little Pomona Cider in Herefordshire, which they set up back in 2017. Herefordshire, if you don't know, is a part of the world where there are hop growers and also cider makers. And, you know, both have got a deep history in that county, really. Um, So it's time to get indulgent with cider. Now, Susanna, it must be a decade since we first met um, when I was dabbling in beer and you were going, hey, Marv, come and let me show you this. And um, in that time, you have become queen of cider. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd say queen, but... It's your official title. Well, the, oh. one, I'm, the one that I'm giving you anyway. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll definitely take that one. And Little Little Pomona is your beautiful brand. And you very kindly sent me um, a couple of bottles to try because this is a, a foray for me into um, uncharted waters. Old Man and the Bee is what I've got. Um, oh, and she looks beautiful on the, on the bottle. And just tell me about everything that um, Old Man and the Bee is about and a little bit of a potted history of Little Pomona. Okay, well, it was actually being a journalist, first of all, that took that brought me to Herefordshire. And I was exploring beer, places you could go visit, so that breweries and cideries. But then I came across some amazing ciders, some amazing flavours, which we just weren't tasting around and about. So I hadn't tasted them in Birmingham, hadn't found them in London. Uh, and we just thought, there's something we've got to try and do really and took us two years and the reason 
I sent you this one is that this is from our home orchard. This is the orchard we found after two years. It's beautiful. It's got a lovely little um, slope, so you get a bit of breeze. The trees are just amazing. 120 trees, four different varieties. So just like hops, each have their own character just amazing you you wander around them and then you look at them you watch them grow and then when you get to taste them at harvest time they're so different so with cider it's often about a blend so with old man and the bee every year we pick out the best of each of the apples from that vintage and we speak of the vintage so you've got 2018 which was a mega year loads of sun you might remember and even towards harvest uh, lots more sun so we've got a lot of ripeness in there so what you've got that's why we've got this sort of lovely really golden color mm. and if you have a smell on the nose and again we don't oh yeah I'm not sure what you're getting but we often think when we smell this one we imagine we're actually in the orchard this oh. smells of autumn yeah it does this is like when you're kicking those leaves, you know, the auburn leaves and everything like that. Oh, you're taking me straight to your orchard now. This is yeah. crazy. You have to have to come visit. And that's, in a way, that's how we got into it because we were able to go visit orchards and the community is so welcoming. I was going to ask you, what's your journey? Because obviously, you know, I met you and you were into beer. Were you at that time, had you always been a, a drinks aficionado and, and, and knew and wrote about beer and wines and spirits or uh, um and then how did your journey go from there to actually owning an orchard well um maybe like you I've been a journalist for a very long time so but I I started in science I started in um medical journalism but always at a popular level and then I got fascinated by wine I just got completely entranced so I went and worked for Obbins for four years um, so I could, so I could learn about it, and and that's where I maybe first came across decent beer as well, which is kind of fun. Yeah, because uh, Oddbins was great, wasn't it? As a brand, you know, yeah. it, it wasn't just. It, I mean, everyone kind of thinks or remembers it very well for wine, but it did sell all sorts of things. Yeah, it? yeah, it did. Uh, he had great beers coming in, like Rogue Ales early on, mm. and and stuff mm. like that. And and then I went to work for Imbibe, and that's probably w when I met you. I was. Yeah, I kind of, um, I started, I realised how much fun beer was, Yay. you know, it's so exciting. And they then they let me loose as the Beer Insider editor. So, uh, but I, we had no idea a decade ago, honestly, James had no idea, my husband. Um, we founded this together. He's been in the, the wine trade at, at very high levels. Like he was, he was um, the, uh, he looked after Wines of Argentina in the UK and Europe for a while and various other bits like that. But again, it was when he got into the orchard and tasted the apples off the tree. We were actually in Tom Oliver's orchard, who he's a bit of a godfather, a bit of a mentor to many of us. And globally, he's known as, you know, arguably one of the world's best. So we did decide to chuck it in, if you like, and move out here. And so what was that what was that conversation like who can you remember who floated the idea first are we are we going to do this and and how and and should we are we crazy <laughs> i think i think it was it was probably me that floated the idea and james has been he mentioned that actually just a few weeks ago but without him there's no way i could have done it on my own 
as a team, it's been brilliant. Um, so he's the one who's gone to kind of do the technical courses and stuff like that. I'm the one, I went off and volunteered at Ross Cider, who are absolutely pivotal. We've evolved. We started in, the, uh, in, the, in our garage. We kind of, you know, put a concrete floor in and made it all sort of nice and hygienic and everything. And then we, we, what we didn't realise is that when you've got cider made from cider apples, they've got tannins and that gives them ageing properties. So you're not going to release it the next day or the next week or the next year even. So there we were thinking we'd sell everything the next year. No way. No way. So this one is two and a half years and we only released it um, earlier this month. But you can tell that it's ready to drink now. Um, some of them are quicker. Uh, but So we did outgrow our little space, which is how come we got to move. We took in a bit of investment and we moved uh, down the road onto Brookhouse Farm. What's the time scale there? So from garage to farm? So we first commercial harvest 2015, first sale 2017, and then we moved in 2019. So a bit of time, but we've we've managed to find exactly the right spot. It's actually on a hop farm. So it's really fun. That's so ama- at- that's amazing. <laughs> I know. It really is. It really is and they're very go ahead. They reintroduced hops and they also, they even grow like Chinook and things like that. So no, I was, I was going to ask you what hops do they grow? And then yeah. you're trying to tell me they're doing Chinook like Yeah, I know. Famous this American hops. Really, Crazy. really, really fun. So, uh, it, and we've got this little tasting room, which was always part of our plan. And they've let us kind of put the building right by their little heritage orchard. So... Honestly, people can come and they can just sit under a tree and it's it's lovely. So, Oh, my goodness. And tell me, what's the story of your name, Little Pomona? Ah, well, Pomona is the goddess of fruitful abundance. So she's goddess of the orchard. She's a feisty maiden. Um, she really... But you've got to be. You've got to protect your orchard. You know, you don't want anyone marauding coming along. So... She tends to be depicted late 19th century, willowy, fey women that don't actually look like they could, you know, make cider. So we wanted a dynamic Pomona. So hence we wanted a little bit of, a uh, little bit of verve. So that's, and, and little, because we are little. <laughs> <laughs> she is great. I mean, the artistry is incredible. She's got these lovely big brown eyes and this kind of, mysterious face kind of looking at you going I hope you're going to drink all of that bottle <laughs> it's a little bit like that almost a little bit mischievous I think um, probably probably who, yeah who, who looks after the art for you in that sense well we're very lucky the initial logo was done by Thomas Scott who's an artist in America but um, James's sister Sammy is a graphic designer so she's really great and she's the sort of person who She'll tell us when we're being a little bit too way out, you know. But then she'll come up. Yes. <laughs> Perish the thought. But then the other bit that's so lucky. So our assistant cider maker, Blair Cote, his really good friend, Ariana, is an artist back home in Canada. And she's been doing these new labels. Beautiful. So uh, here's a question for you. A lot of people will think of cider and we'll go straight to 
the brands, the big commercial brands, um, you know, the ones everyone kind of will drink when, you know, when the pubs are open again and it's those flavoured bottles like strawberry ciders and all, all the rest of it, the kind of mass produced brands. So tell me what is the difference between what you do um, and what those brands do and and what similarities there are? Well, yes, it all comes from the apple, absolutely. But in the UK, for example, the minimum juice content for cider is just 35%. So um, we and a bunch of other craft cider makers, and I love the word craft because to me it means you're actually thinking, it, it might mean you're, you're making all the decisions. You're In our case, we let the fruit dictate the pace of what's going to happen. But so we are full juice. Um, we actually ferment through to dryness. So our ciders are typically 7% or a bit above when it's a very ripe year. But that's, that's a good sign. Um, if you ever have a cider below 5%, it's been diluted. That's no worries. Sometimes you want a sessionable thing. But for us, it's all about just letting the fruit speak. So yes, our ciders are dry because we ferment through to dryness and all the sugars are fermentable in cider, but they don't come over as thin. And people who say they don't like dry cider, when they try ours, they, oh, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's, it's all about getting that balance. So it's just about where your priorities lie. And our priorities are really with letting the fruit speak. Um, we're as non-interventionist as possible. It's natural, spontaneous fermentation, and that's because we love the flavours that that brings through. Um, we do work with other fruit, but again, if we have a cider, which is ha we've had ciders with damson, you can't actually call them cider, but anyway, oh. yeah, oh, oh amazing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, I'd love to try yeah. one of them. <laughs> and then quince, and then actually we have done hopped as well. But the key thing is, the apple is still there. You can still taste the apple. It's not all the forest fruits overtaking. So you've got a marriage, a bit of a blend. I'm, I'm just thinking of, you know, people who are very used to mass produce, very carbonated brands and so on. Do you do a sparkling cider? We do a variety of sparklings. We do pet nat. So when we let the fermentation finish in the bottle and lovely natural sparkling there, we do bottle conditioned. And also we do, our Brut Cremant is made just like just like champagne, method traditionnel. So mm. that one will be in there for two, two and a half years or whatever. So, mm. yeah, you're okay. going to have to try. Yeah, I'm ready for that. <laughs> Give me a flavour then of um, the production process. And then, you, you know, I just heard you saying you let the fruit speak. So does that mean then, in that sense, you you don't plan really until everything is fermented or what do you do or do you plan to a point and then be flexible uh, how do you work well you've absolutely got it in one in we're not always in charge and that's particularly so with perry but let's uh, let's talk about the apples we wait until the apples are really ripe and i mean really ripe because 
uh, it, it's it's going beyond just the sugars. It, it's when they're really ripe that that's when you get the flavour evolution, and that's when you get the aromatics, and that's what we want to capture. So we will either hand pick or we'll work with growers um, who will do the same for us or bring us really good quality fruit, and then it comes in. We have an extra stage. We, uh, we're made just like wine, but the extra stage is we have to mill the apples and then we press them. We might macerate it for a day or two days. And that's when there's a lot of tannins in there and we want to give it a little chance. So we've, we've got all the pomace in the, um, in, the, in the press. We have a pneumatic press. Uh, but then if you leave it for a day or so, it just helps with the later fermentation. So you might do that with a tannic cider or with a perry because that really helps. And then we'll decide, are we going to put it in a big tank or an IBC or maybe even a barrel? We gather barrels, not just bourbon or whiskey, but we've got some wine barrels, some rum. And we again, we don't put it in there to... Uh, to kind of let the barrel take over but it's what's going to marry uh, or what does the fruit need but your point about when is it ready that's what happens with bottling it really does so James and Blair will be tasting and oh is this ready no I don't think so okay move on right what about this one? oh now we're getting there have you heard much about peri pears no tell me more they are hilarious. They really are. They're like the divas of the pom fruit world. <laughs> they really are. I love the picture you painted there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and why are they divas? When they're ready, they're ready. Oh. That's it. <laughs> no hanging about. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, you'll get the call and it's like, oh, okay, drop everything. Whatever you thought you were doing, forget that. Must go. And, you know, and it, it's like that. And they're quite difficult also in fermentation. Um, there's a, a predisposition if you don't handle it right for a little bit of an acetic note to come through and the odd bit isn't a worry at all but you obviously don't want too much um, so you have to be really really careful but when they come right they are amazing so that's what you know we're all after that sublime taste and feel and that perfect moment when yes. you've gone they're ready and get them yes. bottled. Yeah, and that's it. What what's the life of um what's the journey of an apple from your orchard to bottle? So the journey is be picked, um uh, trundle along to our cidery, um be shoveled. We it's all literally shoveled in <laughs> uh by hand into the washer, get all clean and washed, go through the sorting table anything that's not right chucked out and then into the press and then uh, piped into one of the containers and then then fermentation and because it's natural it can take anything from weeks to months to one cider we've just brought out um, Netherwood Estate Reserve 18 months and the fermentation was still going what <laughs> I know and I guess because you, you, you don't want to like you said you don't want to stop or to intervene until it's ready or or is there ever yeah. a point where you have to go mm, we think that we think it's right now or, well <laughs> with that one James did get to the point which was like 
okay, I think what we're going to do, we're going to pop it into a barrel and see if that helps it finish. Mm-hmm. And it did. Mm-hmm. But it was it was exactly that. So there's there's wonderful similarities with with brewing when you're listening to the ingredients and that's the fun thing about collaborating with brewers or with others or working with other fruits it's kind of it's all to all to play with do you plan at all then um, or factor in playing with other fruits or again are you you I mean obviously you're working to what's what's in season right what's yes. in season now etc is is that yeah. mainly what dictates or would you go for anything else unusual or are you more okay we've got um a set line and a set process and a set fruits in season that we're going to work to and this is and this is kind of our sphere we work with fruit that's local to us mm. so damsons just amazing and there's so much around here because this is the area that used to supply Kidderminster, the carpet capital of the world, <laughs> with damsons for the, the dye. So damsons are everywhere. Um, but we also working with quince. And that actually was inspired by a trip to America and then another great producer, uh, Martin down at Pilton in Somerset, he was working with quince. And then we realised what amazing fruits they were. So we started working with them and then the farmer, Will, at Brookhouse Farm, he came along when we were working with them and he got inspired. So now, I'm not kidding, he's planted 84 trees, 84 quince oh. trees. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he's silly. Yeah. <laughs> but then we also had, uh, you know, lovely Rupert Ponsonby. Yes. Uh, so he got in touch last autumn and then he had some crab apples from okay. his home. So he brought them over. So, uh, Oh, that's nice of him. <laughs> I know, really is. Awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. Tell us then, give us a flavour of what is available um, to buy now from Little Pomona. Uh, talk us through some of the, you know, the, 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 the stories of the name behind your cider and what those flavour profiles are and, and entice us to explore oh, the world. Thank you. Well, Old Man and the Bee is called that after the lovely farmer who planted our orchards um, as his retirement project. So that's one of our classics. The other classic we have every year is The Art of Darkness. Old Man and the Bee hasn't seen time in barrel whereas the art of darkness spends months, months and months before it emerges. So that's kind of fun. We've just released, oh, we've just released a Perry. Um, and it's a pet nat, absolutely beautiful. Ooh. It's made from the Brinal pear. And as far as we know, um, our friend Rob Urin, who's an amazing orchardist, this is the only Brinal pear orchard that there is in the UK. What? I know. And this is from 2020, which is might some people might say is a bit soon for us. But on the other hand, it's just ready. The pear is ready. And it making it a pet nat, the little sparkle, gives it a, a wonderful lift. There's a real breadth of fruit there. You, you'd love it with some gently spiced food, something Thai maybe or something Malaysian. So that's really, really, really fun. Oh, that sounds delightful. Mm, that's one I want to try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, another one we still have is we got we got our Do It Puritan range, and that's when we do veer off. 
you know, the, the straight and narrow. And Do it Puritan. Yes, that's mm. it. And that's so called because James is kind of thinking now, shall I just stay with the apples or shall I do this? Or shall I? And so on the one hand, on the one shoulder, he's got the angel saying, just do it this way. And then on the other hand, he's got, go on, go on. <laughs> the mischief, on, the mischief yes. maker. It's a little Pomona going, you can do, you yes. can be naughty. <laughs> it absolutely is. And then the other little range we have is called hard rain. And that's where we make a cider kin. And I'm not sure if you've heard of Ciderkins. No, tell me more. Oh, it's lovely. That's really cute. It, so it is a historic technique. It's where you rehydrate the pomace. So you've pressed something which has still got loads of amazing sugars. You've pressed it, but there's still wonderful flavours in there. And so you think, actually, I think I'd like to do something with that. Again, I'm sure we could get something else. So this is a naturally lower alcohol cider. So it's called Cider Kin. So... We've, we've got one out now, which is the Apple Piquette, and that's just amazing breadth of um, sunny sort of yellow and orange flavours in there. Definitely apples, but... And then we've got another one that will come out again soon, which is a hopped, hard rain hopped. Wow. And that was pretty popular last year. And then this year, we've put in one of my favourite hops, Bramling Cross. Oh, Please, I love yeah. I love Bramling oh, Cross hops so in do a I. beer. So wow! To, yeah. And this is in your in your in your cider kid. You're going to put it. Yeah, that's in the Ooh. cider kid. And what kind of um, percentage then? Are you say it's a, l- a lower strength. Yeah, they come between three and four percent. Okay. Yeah. That's nice then. Kind a little of bit crushable. Alcohol. Yeah. And yeah. Then we did one other new thing uh, last year. We started cake conditioning cider. Why? So it was a natural sparkle. So, and it hadn't really been done, but by just measuring, so we use key kegs. Mm-hmm. Um, and what James and I didn't want to do was we didn't want to do everything you'd have to do otherwise, like pasteurize and filter, because we don't filter and we don't pasteurize. Um, and then carbonate. That's not to say we won't ever carbonate, you know, maybe down the line we'll be doing some canning or something. But so we were among the, we were, I think, arguably the first to keg condition. And now Ross is doing some and uh, there's other places around doing it as well. So that says to me you are having an impact on others in the market. You're quite influential, it feels, in, in what you're doing. Do um, you feel? Do you feel that? I don't. I don't know if we feel necessarily influential, but it is an amazing community. And just as we've learnt so much from them when we came in, because we obviously just tried to learn as fast as we could, and we we met and we spoke with people. I hope we're kind of paying back all that kindness that people showed us early on. And then the other thing that's really different is this wonderful bunch of uh, cider clubs that have cropped up around the country and I'm sure your listeners will be able to find one actually Um, it all began at Ross Cider which is such a generous place Mike Johnson his son Albert and now Martin has also joined they started a cider club not rocket science but once a month um, a producer would be there sharing sharing their whole story and everything like that but then what happened is that Dick Withicombe and Kath Potter, they did it in Manchester. And that got to a whole new audience. 
and that showed how you can really do it and that the the audience then became advocates and now you've got cider clubs popping up all around the country and I'm so excited you've got one of the newest I think you have in Birmingham hey all right yeah. then. better find that crew better find that crew and and are you getting involved are you booking events for this year now that there's a possibility of things getting better or are you going to kind of concentrate on um, your tap room you're absolutely right you've got it in one we're going to be the, the tap room will be a focus, absolutely. We hope to go from one day at the weekend to two days if we can later in the year. But also, Brum Cider Club have have nabbed us for June. Awesome. So, and and we should give them a, um, a shout out actually, yeah. Ed and Ed and Beck, because not only did they set this up, but also Beck's just had her baby literally two days ago. So oh my goodness! <laughs> so was, working so hard all the way yeah. up to pop. I know. This is the thing. Well done, Edinburgh. I know. Well done, Beck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was a fun time. Awesome. So there's a, a community that's thriving around cider then. And, um, you know, in this last year, how has a community pulled together, um, given how hideous it has been? Uh, as ever, the digital sphere has just become just we're so much more used to it than we ever were uh, we're part of the three counties cider and perry association which is just a brilliant association and isn't just in our three counties we've got members up in scotland all around the country um, and it's not just for producers but anyone who's interested so what did we do we did a series of technical seminars uh, last summer and actually now they're planning the next edition of craft con so I know. <laughs> Sounds so serious. And then we've got Cider Women, actually. Cider Women is a Facebook group um, which began about 18 months ago. Um, I was one of the founders, along with Elizabeth Pimlet at the Cider Museum and five other amazing women. And they're carrying on. And actually, if people are interested, James Finch, also known as the Cider Critic, he's got a series with them in April uh, on Fridays uh, with five different uh, women cider producers. So, Oh my goodness. Okay, you've got to yeah. send me all the details and uh, I will. we'll definitely I will. be making sure everybody knows about that. That sounds brilliant. And you on the bill, of course, surely. No, I've, I've kind of... Uh, You're too uh, busy. Not this one. Not You're a busy lady. <laughs> not this one. We've, we've, we're lucky enough to have chatted with James before. So, But we're, we are actually going to be on... Um, with Adam Wells uh, in a week or so. So that that's kind of fun. And we're doing our own stuff. We did our first... Um, we've done lots of tastings, but we did our first tutored one just last week. And we thought we might uh, sell 20 tickets or something because we were sending out five Diddy samples so that people could taste five, you know, still ciders. Actually, the one you've got is one of them. And then we sold 60 tickets. So we had to I know. <laughs> That's it's fantastic. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So more to come. Yeah. So then how does everyone listening make sure they don't miss out on any opportunities, any news about Little Pomona? Brilliant. Well, join us on social media at Little Pomona across the platforms, but also check out our website. And I'd love it if people subscribed to our newsletter. 
because uh, we're not that organised. We don't send out an email every week or anything like that. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> but that is how we will keep people posted on dates and new releases and stuff like that. So, And come and visit us when you can. Awesome. Susanna, thank you so, so much for um, opening my eyes to the world of cider. Um, I definitely opened my taste buds to old man and the bee and many more to try as well and i really appreciate it and i love just seeing and hearing what you're doing and 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 everything you were describing just makes me feel like i just need to be on the orchard now just just picturing how um blissful but also i'm sure grueling and intensive (laughs) (laughs) your your work is all right let's 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 not romanticize this too much it's reality isn't it but um Congratulations on everything you're doing and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. Uh, we say uh, our version of Cheers is Wassail, so I'd like to do a Wassail to Ooh, you. Oh, yeah. One, two, three, Wassail. Thanks to Susanna for inducting me into the world of cider. You can find her online at littlepomodacider.com. How are you doing? I'm Marvorine Cole and you're listening to the Beer Beauty Podcast. The rude awakening at this juncture is so I can bring you the regular slot of the pod. It's an airing of the personal love letters to beer and cider from drinkers who've sent me a voice message. So let's hear it for Dave, Jane and Alan. Hello Marvorine, this is Alan in Edinburgh, host of the Psychedelic Fry Up Music Podcast. Well, I love beer. I love beer. I'm a fan of just about every style you can think of, but I'm most well known for my love of imperial stouts. They are my favourite. The bigger, the darker, the better. My favourite? Coco Banger from Puhiala Brewery in Estonia. It's a coffee and coconut stout, weighing in at 12% or thereabouts. And there is so much sweet coconut in there that runs all throughout the beer but it's balanced wonderfully by this deep dark coffee and oh I found some in the UK so I know what I'm having this weekend yum hello Marverine it's Jane Payton speaking from Brighton I'm going to be greedy and choose two ciders And the first one is Old Man and the Bee by Little Pomona, which is dry, tannic and complex. It's made from cider apples, superstar cider apples actually, and it's fantastic with Sunday roast. And then I'm going to go for a dessert cider, and I've chosen Blenheim Superb by Once Upon a Tree. This is an ice cider, so that means that the juice was frozen before it was fermented and that intensifies the sugars so it's very sweet now because it's made from eating apples the acidity is quite high so that's a counterpoint to the sweetness and I adore this cider with Stilton cheese blue Stilton it's because the saltiness of the cheese really contrasts with the sweetness of the cider absolutely gorgeous hi Marv Dave here from South Birmingham and I'm going to tell you about my favourite drink which is a stout any stout to be honest I'm from an Irish family so I've drunk quite a lot of the black stuff over the years my favourite at the moment is by Attic Brew Co here in South Birmingham 5.2% it's called Sweet Like and it's chocolatey, vanilla 
It's not subtle, but it's extremely drinkable. Of course, when the pub's open, the first thing I'm going to have is a lovely cold pint of Guinness. And I can't wait. Thanks very much for your favourite beer, Dave. Attic's Choc Gatto Stout is currently sold out online. Does that mean you bought all the stocks then, Dave? I mean, flipping egg. It's a bit much, isn't it? You couldn't have even left me one? And before that, it was Jane discussing her love of Old Man and the Bee from Little Pomona and also Once Upon a Tree's Blenheim Superb Ice Cider, um, which looks rather nice. It sounds pretty good, too. Um, and at the top, we had Alan, who waxed lyrical about Coco Banga from Percular Brewery in Estonia. It's an Imperial Russian stout. Uh, lots of IRS fans, actually, across this season of the pod, which pleases me greatly because it is one of my most favourite beer styles as well. Vintage fashion and a love of beer is on the way with craft beer pin-up Kimberly Owen. But first, I caught up with Tom from We Are Beer to find out more about their summer festivals, one of which might be coming your way very soon. Tom, thanks ever so much for joining me. It's really exciting to see uh, the festivals back on the cards. And at the moment, although you never know, there might be more, you've got four festivals set up across the country, Bristol, Beer Central in Birmingham, Edinburgh and London. What's the ethos behind these? Because, you know, um, the beer lovers amongst us will go, there are so many craft beer festivals now. What makes We Are Beers different? We really are about the kind of celebration of of the world of beer and and it's all about being able to to try as many beers as as you, as you like really all different flavors um that, that are at the festival um so that's kind of why we have the the all in uh price ticket so with our festival you can really go around and just be able to pick a pick a beer whether that's by the name or the style try it if you love it great you can you can go back for some more if you don't you can throw it away and what was that a reaction to? There's obviously a reason behind that. You know, you want to kind of set yourselves apart from other festivals, I imagine, because obviously, you know, there are all sorts of different types and camera festivals are very, um, a very particular festival in terms of, you know, being um, as much off, you know, the kind of cask as possible. Um, and, you know, with a bit of cider, because cider's part of cameras offering and stuff like that. So what is it that, you know, drove you, was driving you to make these festivals more distinct? I say to a lot of people, beer festival, and, and you know, they do have that that image of a, of a camera beer festival, the kind of, you know, one room, all the beers on the outside, everyone kind of in the middle. And and what we wanted to do is really have um, a festival that is about the exploration and about the flavours. So, you know, most of the venues that we pick... Um, are, are specifically uh, picked so that you can walk around and explore. Um, so there's that element a lot to it, as well as just as, as well as the exploration of the of the styles of beer. You know, if if, if you've already bought, bought the ticket, um, you come along and you you are free to try, you know, any of the beers that you want. There's no kind of worry then about you know, right, going to get some tokens or, um, you know, oh, how much have I spent already or getting the rounds in or anything like that. It's it, you, you are just open to just experience the beer, um, and we're lucky as well. We have um, we have other other drinks available as well. So you know we get some some cider guys along, some some wine, often some gin and whiskey as well to sample. So it's a beer festival, but it's, it's more than just a beer festival as well. You'd be hearing the sounds from some DJ acts. We we often try and get some 
headline uh, DJ acts. I think for for Beer Central there, we had DJ Yoda. You'd definitely be hit by some of the smells coming through from some of the food vendors, Baked and Brick, original Patty Men. That's that's kind of a key thing of the festival as well, is that the people serving you are from the brewery. So if there's any interest you have in the in the beer or want to find out more about it, you can you can ask them directly. You know, often enough, it's the actual brewer themselves there talking about it. So it's not um, it's not just a volunteer just pouring it and then kind of you're off. You can have really um, in-depth conversations or, or find out more about the, the beer as well. So you've got Bristol um, 11th to the 13th of June, all, we're, all being well harbour side. Beer Central Mine, my festival's not mine. Um, it's where I, it's in Birmingham. 2nd and 3rd of July, Edinburgh. 16th to 17th of July at Edinburgh Corn Exchange and then who's your you've got um London 13th to 15th of August Tobacco Dock and then Manchester where does that fit in? Uh, so that's the 23rd and 24th of July and that's the Depot Mayfield. Awesome and what would be your first beer when you can get to a pub and you can get inside a pub <laughs> or, or you know what what fave would it be and that's that always is a very difficult question to ask and people find it hard to answer but can you try tom <laughs> i can i can i think you know i i'm gonna follow a bit of a trend that most people have been saying and it's it's gonna be a cast beer you know it's something that you you, you can't replicate that um so for me i think it'll probably be a be a uh, five points best I'm really looking forward to having and you can check out where and when all those fests are by jumping onto wearebeer.com and I might just see you moseying around at Beer Central in Digberth Brummagem Town in July all things being well Let's jump to my third awesome guest for this, the final edition of the Beer Beauty Podcast. It's my beer mad mate, Kimberly. Now, she's worked in beer marketing and PR for years, and that's how we met. She also has a totally brilliant Instagram account, Craft Beer Pinup. If you haven't seen it yet, go and have a look. It's full of beer reels, IG lives with people from the beer world, brilliant suggestions, colourful cans and all fused with what I consider to be her impeccable personal vintage style and fashion. It's the most exciting beer evangelism social media account I've seen. And so we had a goss about all of that and why she loves beer so darn much. Craft beer pinup as I live and breathe. This is an epic moment to have you on the podcast because you're so busy, like doing your wicked TikToks and your reels and that. I'm like, I'm amazed you even had time to like sit down with me. How are you? Good. Yeah, good. I'm just, uh, I guess, considering how I'm going to get through this backlog of uh, beer that I've accumulated through lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, girl. Are you like struggling to move because of like like boxes and just like I, you open that cupboard? Oh, there's some more in there. Didn't know that was there. Yeah, I have a well behind my little bar in my living room. I have a little beer fridge, but then I've, yeah. I've, I've miraculously taken out, out like the salad shelf in our big fridge, so it's full of cans. <laughs> and then I have like overflow like in the cellar, and then also in this spare room that I'm in right now. 
Yeah. I bought a little, um, I guess, like a 1970s. Um, it was it was a drinks cabinet that I bought mm. from someone that they originally bought for their wedding. Oh. I bought it off them, and it's got beer in the whole bottom of it, basically. <laughs> so there's no salad. There's no room in the cellar. Like the cabinets just fall in the spare room. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I can't help myself though because I go, I go oh I don't need any more beer and then I see something and then I can't just buy I can't just get one and then I see another one and another one and then I'm like oh what are you drinking tonight shall we open what we've got and and um you you've got a bottle of lemon I've got my little can well it's not a little can it's a 440 can actually let's do it um so I've got Exhale, Exhale Pale Ale, because I had an order through of the Hathor, the peach and honey saison for International Women's Day, um, by um, the Fab Forsome who brewed that. And this is a 4.2% um, pale ale. Um, it's all about mosaic in here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking at the can. I should just be looking at the glass, isn't it? What have you got, hon? You know what? I was all for... I had this, like, IPA out from Dig, and I was all for that, and then I had a tiny bit of chocolate, and I was like, I need a stout. Got mm. a stout. I've got an export state raspberry from Colonel. Oh, my gosh. I've never tried that from Colonel. I love Colonel. <gasps> Seriously. Okay, so that's at least at least 10%. It's actually 7 point... Oh, no, that's seven. Nice. Yeah, 27, yeah. Mm. Oh, it smells so... Is it ras uh, did you oh. say raspberry? Yeah, the raspberry. Is, is it smell. coming through strong? Yeah, amazing. Oh, okay. It smells so. It says that it was made with British raspberries for six weeks. Mm. That sounds amazing. I I'm all for raspberry and chocolate. That's magnificent. Now Monday night, <laughs> Bruce Stout. Ghibli, you're my type of girl. Um, this this um, pale ale, by the way, XL XL. Um. For me, it's quite very lemony, um, lemony on the tongue, lovely and beautiful in the glass, mm -mm -mm -mm. nice and smooth. And for four point two, because I am a five percent plus girl, I think you are as well, aren't you? We spoke about this on your Instagram live, didn't we? <laughs> I really went for an imperial tonight, and I was like, "Can I do that on a Monday? Can I?" I compromise. Oh gosh, man. <laughs> That's why I leave those to a Friday night. But saying that, actually, what's really interesting is, do you have any? Do you have any dry nights? Because we have a, we usually have Monday to Wednesday dry nights. Do you try and have any dry nights, or is it like you tried and went nah? It, it depends what I've got in terms of um, live interviews for Instagram. Mm. Some weeks I'll have three or four, and then mm. some I won't have any. So weirdly, because I had two last week, I didn't actually drink Saturday and Sunday. <gasps> wow okay that's that's impressive for a weekend yeah because obviously yeah like you said it's balancing um balancing what you're doing where did your beer journey start then um i think when i was younger i guess the first beer i was ever kind of um exposed to on a big level was the banks is mild because mm. i'm from that country so my dad always had that and and the bitter in the house and you know i kind of tried it didn't kind of appreciate it i guess and you know went down the whole heavy when you're at when you're at college and all that kind of stuff and you're drinking the alco pops bad times <laughs> we've all been there all been there them them breezes and uh, yeah. the hooch and the, the reefs, yeah yeah and, yeah, the yeah. And, and then yeah i think you know it really kind of kicked up a notch because I'd, I'd worked in kind of food and drink anyway so i first started working one of my first beer brands i worked on was bavaria beer mm. So I worked on 
them and I, I launched that alcohol free surprisingly wow <laughs> and, and yeah I used to work on Bavaria beer for I think it was about three years and then um, I left that agency and then um, went for interviews at Vital and I think they heard my uh, black country tones and were like she she'll be good for us uh, with the old Banks's brewery <laughs> excellent your dulcet tones thank you very much yes good good and they said we gotta have this girl here for us yeah, and, awesome. then, and then, you know, the the, uh, the rest is history. So I worked with Masters for five years. So Hobgoblin was the primary brand that I worked on a lot. So doing all the crazy things with the Hobgoblin and going to heavy metal festivals. With his <laughs> That's on, awesome, man. Taking him to the Houses of Parliament with his <laughs> prosthetic song. That was a great day. So how long were you working on the Marston's brands in? Uh, yeah, five, I think it was just over five years. And then um, I think, you know, I was I was kind of obviously getting into beer more and more and doing some things with, um, you know, the Dia Lattice ladies yes. and the events and going to beer festivals. And then when I left, I freelanced for like a couple of breweries. And then I was like, why don't, why don't I've got all this content? Why don't I just like do something with it? Because I really enjoy it. So that was when, you know kind of look at people like you and then I'm going, why am I just messing around with this? Just get on with it if you like it and you enjoy it. Just, you know, explore it more and kind of got into it. And then um, I did actually sign up kind of partway through doing the Instagram. So like I'd probably say the last year and a half before lockdown doing the um, sommelier course. So mm. um, and then I got to the last bit and then I couldn't do it because we went into lockdown. <laughs> yeah, circumstances. Is that the, the UK Beer Insider one? Yeah. Have you thought about doing going into the Cicerone and stuff as well? Yeah, I, I did actually because I saw all the stuff, you know, beer with Nat. Mm. Yay, we love Nat. And I was like, oh, maybe I should just do it because like, I, I could probably like study for it now mm. um, and then maybe do it. But I, I, but I think it's just, you know, it's another thing because I think people, because I'm working for Mitchells and Butlers at the moment, mm. you know, people are like, are you studying because you want to move to like the beer team? And I'm like, <laughs> I just love beer and I want to learn more about it. And yeah. I'm like, anything that's going to give me an exam after I've had a couple of pints, I am there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like you would clearly sign up for <laughs> the best revision of my life. It's funny, isn't it, that, that you had that question because it almost implies that, like, why would you ever be interested in doing that other than for a job? No, it's actually for personal enjoyment and um, education and fulfillment. <laughs> right? It, it, it is interesting. And I think it's the perception thing because I even on the course I would meet people on the different modules and there'd probably be like some one random person that their wife had bought it them for a gift so they're mm. on like you know, how to judge a beer but a lot of other people are there because obviously their companies have done it as kind of part of their training and they were kind of like they just couldn't get their heads around it why are you here is it because like you know your company's paying for you to do it and I was like no because I, I like love beer and I you know anything I could any events I can go to any kind of panels any festivals i i'm there so i was like why don't i just like do it and get a qualification mm -hmm. have you found it um over the years the, the the case that um some people have just gone you really like beer like trying to understand that is, is it, are there still those kind of what i think are quite outmoded attitudes to to oh. seeing women really enjoying beer what stories have you got um, I actually had a recent one where I was I was on um, Clubhouse, the app, and mm. they, there was just a random room where they were talking about um, beer and they were going round, you know, what beers they liked. And I was talking about a beer that I'd had that week that was an Imperial Stout, 11%, mm. you know, we always talk about. And um, mm. I remember this uh, 
this man saying to me afterwards, um, you know, by your pictures, you don't look like you would like that kind of beer. What? That's like 2021, dude. Ah, and yeah, you could judge everything about a person from an avatar. I mean, how naive, how stupid was this guy? Hi, if you're listening, do you get it? So there, has that been quite a common um, thing that you've experienced? Because obviously, if you, you know, you working with those different beer brands, you were out at events and stuff that I imagine were predominantly uh, male populated, right? Yeah. You know, what was probably the, the, the craziest, oh. most freaky comment you've had or something that you just rolled your eyes and went, oh, please. I think sometimes it's not necessarily at events. It's normally when I go to bars and I obviously just rock up there and, you know, it's like a bar I'm trying to explore and it might just be, you know, one that I guess hasn't had staff that are trained properly or know a lot about beer and they kind of, I don't know, make the patronising comments of, you know, one of them said to me, this was only two years ago, I think you'd like this beer called you know, by this brand called Brewdog. <laughs> and he was trying to really tell me about it, like it was the hip new thing. And I, and I was like, mm, I said, yeah. And he said, I think it's sold in a lot of places. And I think for me, it's just more the, you know, you can't you can't automatically be like a woman and actually, you know, like to wear lipstick and go to a bar and order a pint. It's just, mm. yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and always at like, you know, the camera festivals, you'd always get the, on trade day, you'd always get pulled to the side and because they wanted like, like someone that was a woman at the beer festival to like do an interview. Um, so I'd get a lot of those as well. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and it's almost like part of the course now, but um, also, you know, you're doing loads around educating just everyone about um, the spectacular women in beer. I mean, your whole day of International Women's Day uh, and your IG lives back to back. It was. It felt like it was 24 hours. Did you go for 24 hours or was it the 12 hours? You started in the morning, didn't you? Like 10, 9, 10 o'clock? Yeah, I think I did like I did like 12 in the day, like slap bang on because um, the first one and then I ran till 10 at night. Um, but I had little breaks in between um, because I, I was trying to get a couple of people on there from America and because of the time difference. So, yeah, but I would have probably kept going. <laughs> give us give us a flavour of like, in, in no particular order, because that would be unfair because there's so many epic women in beer. Um, and But, you know, say, give us your top five of those, uh, of those IG live interviews that you did on International Women's Day. Um, I think, you know, Amanda Bear Lecter was one of the first beer girls that I kind of, kind of latched onto when I started Instagram. And I think because she, her content, she talked about the beer in such an informative way and she was fun and she wasn't afraid to like poke fun at herself and didn't take it too seriously, even though she knew like a lot about beer. And for me, she was one of the people I gravitated towards when I joined and we've made friends on Instagram and we've not met in real life yet, but I was just super keen to do that because we've just not been able to do it. So that one was amazing. And then it was great catching up with um, all the different brewers that were working on all the beers and just to hear their perceptions. But I think Eugenia Black beer chick that's doing so much in terms yeah, of yeah. gosh you know the putting people on the cicerone and you know her fundraising and you know in there's a lot of people that talk about stuff and she's getting it done yeah. <laughs> so for, for me she's super inspiring and you know she just took it and run with it and 
that was just brilliant. So I definitely say that she's worth checking out because she's got so many goals. And then I have to say, you don't I? because you know I love chatting. You don't you. Ha- no. You, li- <laughs> you, you're so funny because seriously, it's very kind of you. We had a wicked chat. I flipping loved it, and thanks for asking me. But you know, when I seen the lineup of the all these incredible brewers, I was like, yeah, man, this is. You know yeah, what? they're doing it, they're doing it, they're doing it. Don't do yourself down because I think when I started reading your blog, I was like, wow, you know, Marvarina's making this accessible. She's making me want to find out more. I'm like loving life reading this. So for me, Aww. you were quite a big, you know, it was kind of telling me like, you can you can have a go, you know, you could have a go at this. And, um, you know, you've done some really cool stuff. So please don't... Uh, do yourself down. But if you do want me to mention someone else, I'll mention, I think, Joe at Lovely <laughs> Learning because I've kind of got to know her a lot over yeah. the last six months, especially, and just, you know, she's brewing her own beer at home, mm. doing a podcast. She's, um, you know, she did a lot of stuff on International Women's Day and she's mm. got a nice little community getting together. And I just think, yeah, there's there's a lot of loads of people that I could have interviewed on top of that, but... Not enough time, man. Not enough hours in the day. And you talking about um, you can have a go. You're more than having a go. Your Instagram feed is um, a sight to behold, a beautiful sight. It is. It's I think it's a mixture of kind of artistic um, and because and I say that with, you know, what you wear and the colours, you know, the colours fill the frame of you and what you're wearing, the cans that you're holding, you know, the the rooms that you film in, right? The music, everything. It's it's such a creative experience as well as, you know, you show me this beer, what's that beer? I don't know what that is. I want to try that. I want to buy that. Like, it's so, so exciting. So tell me about, um, you know, how you go about choosing what you're going to put on your feed or is it just like right today i'm going to do this um is it is it is it as organic as that um i think it used to be more pre-lockdown because i'd i'd almost i didn't really kind of have as much of a strategy i guess i did i was getting into it more and i would document where i was going but i think when i kind of got flung into the lockdown situation i was like this is a great time to do lives and actually get to know more people in the community and because i'm stuck at home and it's a great way to feel like i'm getting ready to go to the pub even though i'm not (laughs) and then (laughs) then i think as i saw people were being more receptive to it i was like oh gosh people are kind of telling me what they want and what they want to see and then I don't know. I think for me, it's always been like, even though I want to do the educational stuff, I, you know, I wanted to make the beer fun and, you know, what make people that probably weren't into beer, you know, they weren't the kind of geek, 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 geeks, you know, (laughs) that were like, you know, you know, I know about yeast strains. I know about that kind of stuff. But for me, it's, I don't know. I didn't want to kind of lose myself. Mm -hmm. And for me, because it's like, it is a hobby Instagram. I wanted it to be like a creative outlet and have some fun with the beer because it is fun. (laughs) And the best thing for me is like when people that probably don't drink beer do message me and go, I've had this beer and I tried it and then they take it and they send it me or, you know, they, they do little like pieces of content back and, you know, they tag me in beers they're drinking. And for me, that's kind of, that's why I'm doing it really and it's an extension of being in a bar with someone <laughs> wonderful wonderful and is that that partly what kind of drives you to do more and more because of that kind of interaction with 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 beer drinkers and kind of people new to beer alike 
Yeah, I think it is a bit... I do do strategy in terms of, you know, if I know there's a key date coming up and I know, I don't know, you know, like people wanted a lot of alcohol-free content in January, obviously, so I'll try and tailor it sometimes to what my audience wants or, you know, it was St. Patrick's Day, so I did a Guinness post, I mean, you know, but try yeah, and make it easy, so it's, yeah, coming, yeah. it's coming from, you know, it's not just me with a, a pint of beer, but it was like a beer machine print and a selfie on my Guinness, so I try and make it... <laughs> I don't know. I try. I try to do it so the content has a story behind it, rather mm. than it just being. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to devalue the pictures of the pints and the bottles because that's cool and people want to see what the beer looks like in the glass, yeah. um, and they want to know what it tastes like. But I kind of wanted to do something different and almost have a bit of a bit of fun with it. <laughs> do you get that that joy, sense of joy out of it? Because you know, you hear a lot and you see a lot of. Um content creators going this didn't just happen overnight you know i had to think about it and plan and you know and then i was filming it and it, and it went wrong and da, 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 da. you know how much graft is involved it is it is hard in some areas because i think when i was just doing things like you know a be a selfie it was like yeah i could i could just do that quickly and you know that, that that's kind of your like quick quick and dirty content but i think sometimes <laughs> when you're filming like a reel or you're trying to make it so it's on tiktok you've got to kind of have a story behind it to kind of make people watch it. And I think, you know, just thinking of it more like, um, I guess when I used to freelance or work for a magazine or a blog, thinking about it more as if it's my magazine, yeah. what would I kind of want to see in there? So for me, it's like, you know, I've, I've got a blueberry beer feature coming up. So actually what song can I do it to? So it'd probably be blue. And then what, what can I make in terms of the reel to make it, exciting for someone to watch and then re-watch and you know just doing stupid things like I've got a beat can and they've got colours that are you know blue red yellow mm -hmm. so what can I do with that and that can and then do take and it does take a lot of time to do the reels but I just think you know it's just something different that's going to kind of disrupt people's feeds and almost make them feel like you get lost in all of the one-upmanship in beer sometimes and the, you shouldn't like that beer because well, I don't yeah. like all of the competitiveness and, you know, I, I, hopefully that's interrupting their feed and reminding them that we like beer. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. God damn it. Don't go too mad about all oh, this yeast strain. I didn't like this. I don't I don't like that. Brewery. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got, I've, I have got a funny story about that because I did a real with um, <laughs> I, I did a reel with um I had to put like um a beer in I had to find a bottle because I was doing a how I feel about beers that I don't like and mm. be pouring beer down and I tried to disguise the bottle and it was, <laughs> it was an Omnipolo bottle oh. and I, it wasn't that in the okay. beer bottle I'd put like something else in there yeah. and even though I'd got my hand around it and loads of people were messaging me going how could you pour that beer and I was like it wasn't that beer no Omnipodio was <gasps> armed in the making of this video <laughs> And you've had some brilliant beery adventures uh, in the US, haven't you? Um, what have you been? What 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 were your highlights? Because you've done several trips over the oh, the last five six years. I've I've been seeing your Facebook post and going, she's hot, going to Austin. She's in America again, man. What's going on? <laughs> Super jealous. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah I try and I guess I try and link in my travels with either going to vintage shops and going to breweries. That the two things I like doing. So wherever I go, there's some kind of brewery based or bar hopping trip involved involved within it. And um, when I went to Chicago, 
got a lot of good stuff in there that was incredible and I was like why have we got more days here this is incredible oh which <laughs> birds did you uh, reveal then well I I went to Goose I went to Lagunitas which was like I don't know it was like Disneyland or something it was huge mm. it was um you know some kind of Alice in Wonderland crazy corridor mm-hmm. as you're going in there it was it was on another level mm. um and then I think just a lot of the little bars that I discovered because there was this one um I went to called Moody Tongue that I just found on a guide that someone had written and you would have loved this because they did this um they do this 12 layer chocolate cake and each layer is made to complement the beers on their taps uh, that you can match as a food pairing. No way. <laughs> Apparently their pastry chef invented it and then I, I did the double so you can match it with other beers, but they did a 12-layer li- um, bourbon barrel-aged, you know, lovely jubbly beer, as you can imagine. <laughs> magnificent, magnificent, magnificent. Um, in terms of your favourite beer style, styles should be an S really in it because you can never have one it's ridiculous for beer drinkers it can't just be one beer style that you're into favorite styles um and I suppose it's it's always really hard because whenever I say I'm into beer I write beer people go what's your favorite beer and it's like no there's not one there's probably a list of 10 or 20 right so throw a few names out um what 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 beers have you loved um that are enduring this is this is a really hard question because I think for me, I don't know, a little bit like when I'm on holiday and I think of foods like beers often remind me of like, you know, the memories or the places I've been. Mm. And I was really obsessed with this one beer when I I, I travelled around Maine and it was a sea dog. Um, it was like a blueberry wheat beer. Mm. Every time I think of that beer, I'm like, wow, that was incredible moment and I remember finding it in Florida when I went there and I, I had to make Paul Craig to go with me and I was like they've got that beer let's go <laughs> um, so that that is one of my like beer memories that I loved and I think for me because Sierra Nevada was always quite a go-to for me Sierra Nevada pale yeah so you know when I have that on draft I know regardless of what else is on the taps I can go back to that and going to the brewery like when I was traveling was um was an experience and eating in, you know, like their little restaurant and, you know, having their flights. And it was just amazing to go to like where the beer is made because mm-hmm. I've been drinking it for so many years. But um, yeah, beer styles wise, yeah, even though those are very different beers. Yeah, I, I always, when I'm kind of selecting beers, I, I can't, I can't get away from the allure of the stout and the imperial stout. I just can't. Just, just a- anything on the bottle that's like chocolates, vanillas, cacao nibs. Yeah, vanilla, vanilla oats. Yeah, oh, aged in this like I don't know, you know, cask that's been here for hundreds of years. I'm like, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. We are sisters in stout on that um on that score. Then, <laughs> have you tried the temp- temptations range of um not a. D- Durham's range of temptation where they um, aged in rum cask, whiskey cask and bourbon cask. Um, Do you know what? I haven't. I haven't. Sick. But I will. Um... I'll have to see if they're still on because I know that they did them, I think, as a special for Christmas. They are sick. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. And even just Durham's, Durham's temptation, temptation as it is, right, is mm. straight up just... 
incredible, incredible stout. Just so chocolatey and and liqueurian. Anyway, yeah. So, and, and anywhere in between, because you're talking about Sierra Nevada, and then we go to Imperial Russian Stout at the opposite end of the scale, like the black, richest, chewiest beers out there. Like, anything in the middle? I feel, I feel like I was weaned on a Banks's Mild, so I have to, I have to mention the Banks's Mild, don't I? I mean, come on. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I do love an IPA, I'm not going to lie. A, a deeper. Teeper's not so few and far between you know sometimes they haven't agreed with me and sours i've only really i think cultivated the taste for sours a little bit more over the last kind of eight or nine months mm. and i think you know like exploring like with um you know vault range and trying all the new flavors that they bring out and that iron brew sour is a win okay talk to me about this iron brew sour it's it's incredible. It's like, I don't know if you, when you were at school, you had those little iron brew chewy bars. It, it's like that. And it reminds me of them when I drink it. And I was just like, oh my God, it's incredible. <laughs> you had a taste of the flipping Goose Island cream egg Cadbury's thing, didn't you? There was a lot of uproar over that because it sold out literally in seconds, didn't it, online? Um, what do you think of those kind of collabs and ideas, those kind of novelty things? Do you know what? I guess because breweries wise, I was thinking about, you know, what 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 do I admire? And I admire consistency. Yeah, I love a brewery that gets it right every time. But I love a brewery that like pushes the envelope and does something a little bit crazy and shakes it up a bit and has a topic of conversation. I am all for that. And I think, you know, sometimes those things are good because they might introduce other people that probably haven't tried beer yeah. to the category and kind of get into it and make them explore even more and you know it was it was a good talking point and it got loads of people talking about beer on a day like you know people that love Cadbury's cream eggs were talking about beer that probably mm. never even really talked about beer on social media so for me yes it was hype but I think those things have a benefit sometimes and you know I, I really love what Northern Monk do and just during lockdown, I think of all the things that I've kind of invested in and got excited in. And, you know, they did that Aunt Bessie's collab, mm, which was incredible. I never, the uh, Sunday uh, roast beer. No way. I never saw that. Okay, right. <laughs> Sun- main course. Sunday and roast then- beer. Yeah, and it was it was it was oh, it was incredible. <laughs> and then they did this, um, like a jam roly-poly for pudding. And that was <laughs> it was brilliant and then they also did this like lockdown kind of like a house party so each beer was a different room in your house you know i think it's those things that get me excited sometimes that's one of the things that's really um enticed me about the beer world in that everybody's so so inventive so innovative so interested in collaborating with other breweries super supportive um and really just so focused on the drinker you know and just uh, being so diligent around it's got to be right for the drinker and uh, but also kind of indulging in a little bit of a little bit of craziness with with fun things like you said the jam roly-poly or the aunt bessie's flamin collab that's mental absolutely crazy do you know one of the things that um I think everyone will be asking is um about your um your personal style and your vintage clothing love of where's that where's that come from because that's so evident and it's it's so clear and it's so stunningly beautiful on your instagram feed where's that come from 
when I was at uni, I always used to, I guess, go to vintage shops and stuff because it was just I kind of, I don't know, I think I didn't want to go out and someone be wearing the same thing as me. So I think it just came from a, I want to go and, it, and, and you know, you're, like, you're crazy at uni. You were like, actually, does it really matter if I go out in an 80s dress like Marty McFly's mom's wearing on Back to the Future? I'm just going to do it. And I think it kind of just grew from there. And then, you know, I started hanging around with, I think, you know, getting it, getting into the kind of pin-up aesthetic and all the old movies and yeah, it kind of it kind of just grew from there, really. So I was like, why don't I kind of pair the two things that I really enjoy and almost like, I guess, shake up that kind of perspective of, you know, that kind of crap of you, you can't look and be interested in this stuff and like this stuff. I just it's so <laughs> archaic as a viewpoint. So I think I wanted to just mesh the two things together. It's wonderful because it's it's one of the things one of the many things that drew me to you when I met you because you were just you you were so you were so comfortable and happy being you and I was just in awe like going wow you're so cool you're just so cool because I for most of my life I've been someone who's never really been happy with who they are and never really well, struggled a lot with identity and all the rest of it. I think it's sometimes a rite of passage when you're, um, you know, I'm, my mum and dad are from Jamaica. Uh, I was brought up in a very predominantly white area and same with school and all the rest of it. So it's it's a, it's a rite of passage, really. Um, and so, you know, you were the epitome and still are the epitome of like, I'm real. I'm doing things my way. Take it or leave it. If you don't like it get lost out of my way <laughs> but also um not uh, and when i say that that might sound like you you you're not cocky or arrogant with it you're just you're such a beautiful soul yeah and I, I think i don't want you to be you know there's that whole thing of like you know i try to be real in some of my content even if it is on like stories and if i'm having a crap time because i don't you know that whole in real life versus mm. and i think you know I I do I don't want you to think I don't struggle with it because I, I do kind of sit there and go some days you know actually should I you know because I'm getting a bit of flack for stuff should I sit there and you know write this really intricate review about this beer and and then I really have to just say no Kimberly no mm. no because then you won't be enjoying the stuff that you're doing and creating and you know, if if only you like it, as long as you're enjoying it, and then you know it. I think I think people can tell when you're enjoying it and when it's contrived. Um, mm. So, if I'm having a week where I'm like, you know, it was a really hard week, the week of International Women's Day, as you know, because mm. everything that was going on, and I just did not feel like it after that. Mm. So mm. I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to do any any stuff this week because you know, so what about the algorithm? But I just don't feel like it. Mm. <laughs> We've had a stinker of a year. What are you thinking and um, what are the things that you're looking forward to the most for this year? Going to beer festivals would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, man, I yeah. Think, I love going to Indie Man Beer Con every year. Really? Manchester, so I, innit? Yeah, I think if I could if I could go back there and, you know, have a little Buxton, Omnipolo Omni montage or mm. some Buxton with some random soft serve on top, I'd be happy. <laughs> I'd be like I'm living the dream right now. Um, I think as well, just meeting a lot of the people that I've got to know more, 
during lockdown and seeing them in real life and you know because I, I definitely think that I've got to know people way more during what we've gone through and it you know it has been crap but I think it's really brought out I guess the people that you know even if it is through Instagram that I kind of want to continue having conversations with and what I want to do moving forwards and you know the stuff on International Women's Day how I can do more to kind of I guess blend what I do with TEDx into the beer stuff and if I can kind of help by I don't know doing panels or driving a conversation um, just from those two worlds and meshing them together then that that's kind of an exciting thing to kind of take forwards. Excellent and you know what you mentioned in TEDx and and my brain went how can I forget that how do you sleep Kimberly, because like TEDx as well. I mean, how, where do you fit that flipping in? Is that happening this year or is it on the cards? The last one I had was the November just before lockdown. I, I was going to do another one, but obviously because they shelved face-to-face events. So we've been doing a lot more um, discussions around like different subjects in because um, it's in Lemons and Spa, mm. like our TEDx community. But um, because I've just got granted a studio licence, which means um, I can work with speakers now without having a specific event but actually I don't know say something's pertinent for now I don't know it might be something like I'm just thinking of a subject um how relationships are affected during lockdown and how we can recover or what or whatever anything that's pertinent right now you can kind of do that as a talk and progress it as an idea and you don't have to film it on the red dot or you could if we if we were doing something to do with beer you could go to a brewery and film it it's really exciting excellent okay so that opens a lot more scope uh, offers a lot more flexibility about around what you can do TEDx Leamington Spa and then obviously it all be all obviously be online so whatever you do and whoever you get in or whatever everyone will be able to to watch that when you share the share the links and stuff wicked yeah so so far we've got 8.5 million views for our talks amazing amazing (laughs) absolutely stunning um Kimberly thank you so so much it has been uh, a pleasure and an honor to spend time with you and it's it's been a it's been a while since we've properly like you know just chilled out and we should have our own kind of beer summit away from the cameras and away from the microphones and just crack open a whole load of um bring around all the stouts we've got and line them up and open them up <laughs> can, can I just say because I didn't give any of the you know the Brum Brewery massive a shout oh, out oh so yeah of, our bunch one man one of the things I am most looking forward to is going around Sturchley with you oh <laughs> yeah 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 gotta deal with that wildcat attic glass house tap glass room house. yeah you know it and and, 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 then, and then maybe we could go to to digbeth and go dig brew yeah. and we could go to attic yeah yeah go to the wolf <laughs> yeah flipping burning soul um can't thank you enough for joining me thank you it's always fun drinking beer with you <laughs> you can go and find kimberly on twitter as kimberly m disco and on ig as craft beer pinup you must 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 follow her because as you've now heard, she is completely awesome. Oh, what a wonderful way to end this season. Thank you so much to all my guests. Thank you to Austin for editing all the podcasts. And thank you so much to you, 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 you for listening. Please spread the word about all the episodes and head back to listen to ones you might have missed. It really isn't goodbye. It's au revoir because, well, you never know. I might just do season two at some point. And in the meantime, please come over and see me on Twitter for a bit of a laugh at Beer Beauty 
on Instagram, I am TV Marv. I know, I know it's confusing, two different accounts, but you know, you've got the hang of it now. But for now, take care, lots of love and keep drinking great beer. <laughs>